the color purple. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are TFG Unbuttoned, the Tuesday podcast from your friends at the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash, which is released on Wednesdays. Be sure to follow along with us at focusgroupradio.com. You'll find all of our media housed there. You'll also find our sponsors, including Critics' Choice Video, who's been a sponsor of ours here since we've started. You'll find their logo on our website. Just click on it and start shopping away. Hello, Mr. Nash. Mr. Bennett, welcome to October. And before I forget, I want to let our, our listeners know that uh, I am preparing to send out movies and some socks to the winners. We had a lot of great guesses, more than we could cover with all the prizes we have which I'm glad people played multiple times. But the very first clue we played in the month of September on TFG Unbuttoned for the Criterion Month was from the movie Mildred Pierce. So if you guessed that, you got it right. And most people nailed it because of the distinguishing voice of Eve Arden, who plays um, Joan uh, Crawford's uh, business partner when she opens the restaurant. The other voice in that scene was Monty Berrigan. <laughs> Do you remember? You've seen Mildred Beers, right? Yeah, and Eve Arden's voice is just one of those such so distinct. Uh-huh. And plus, there's something pleasant about it, too. She did My Miss... Wasn't she our, our Miss Brooks? And, yes, most certainly, yeah. And then she was in Greece. Uh, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> <laughs> She'd play that little chime. And, yeah, she's... <laughs> She's a classic, always a wisecracker, right? So yeah. that was, I'm, uh, so don't don't want to settle on this too long, but Mildred Pierce was the first. And as the month goes by, I'll tell you what each week last month was from clue-wise. So it was Mildred Pierce. Jeez. Did, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, you know, that's Chris Cedergren's favorite movie. Really? Yeah. If you ask him, uh, Chris Cedergren, somebody John and I did research with out in California, as a company called Isology, but he um, he used to talk about that. He could quote that and and knew every you know nuance in the movie and and facts and everything else. He loved that movie. You know, um, Turner Classic Movies frequently will group it in in a bunch of other. They they put it in the film noir category because of the lighting and the and the sets and the costumes. But mostly it's that lighting and that that dramatic you know the shadow and the light stuff. Um, it really is a tour de force. Uh, you, you know from the start that um, Vita <laughs> Vita is a monster kid, right? <laughs> I could be pregnant. It's a matter of opinion. Maybe yeah. I am and maybe I'm not pregnant. Give me that check, Vita. Well, and those, those small towns always love the hustle and bustle of the small town. They're always the most successful small towns in the world. You always see the people milling around in the shops, <laughs> which is <laughs> yes, so unrealistic. Any small town is usually dead uh, zone. True. Very true. You, see all that you know, many, many spot. years ago when we were on Sirius Satellite Radio, we did a pick that flick, with it, which, was all, which was all musical. And the clue that I played from Mildred Pierce way back when was when Vita ends up in a gin joint. And she's a singer on stage. Billy McCoy was a musical <laughs> boy on the cruiser Alabama. Every time if if I hear that come on, I just have to start laughing. Because Mildred's in the audience and she's appalled <laughs> that her daughter is singing and dancing for a bunch of drunk men. Anyhow, <laughs> well, so here we are in October. Um, boy, the weather changed quick. I huh? went from hot, hot, hot to boom, fall. Yeah, and then we've had, had a horrible uh, hurricane that hit Florida, which... Uh, 
it's quite a mess and then came into the coast and actually we've got remnants of it here at the beach with beach erosion and trees down and wind gusts which i was telling you earlier before we before we started recording that um 15 60 mile an hour wind gusts are scary enough i can't imagine the full force of a hurricane yeah Yeah. and for a sustained time right i mean it's Uh just nonstop. but you know being tree city usa here in rehoboth a lot of problems you know, on the Hurricane Ian front, just devastating, and we, we you know, feel terrible for everybody uh, who was in the path of the storm or affected. I mean, there was pe- there were people miles and miles away affected by flooding or storm surges alone. But Bob and I are watching TV the other day, and he looks at me and he said, how do they even begin to, to clean this up? I mean, they, the camera was focused yeah. on a pile of fishing boats. There was 10, like, there were five clustered, and then there were a bunch more behind it. And, mm-hmm. you know, think of the time it's going to take just to move the debris. And where do they even move it to? It's just, it's really just mind-boggling, right? Yeah, no, it's a mess. It's, it's, uh, and it's, it's a shame because, uh, as we also talked, a lot of the um, states looking for the handout, uh, Florida in particular, uh, their senators voted against any relief for Sandy. And, of course, now they're the first ones with their handout. and. But they also most southern states. I know we have a lot of southern state listeners, but unfortunately, the southern states seem to always take more than they give. But but in in an odd twist, Gates, um, Rick Scott, Marco Rubio, they all voted against the latest package that went through that had hurricane relief for uh, for the hurricane, and they did it on principle because there was other things in the bill. That's Mm -hmm. what that's what Congress always does. I mean, why stand on a soapbox in the middle of a tragedy to complain about you know? pork barrel spending I don't, I don't it's a know. hypocrisy mm-hmm. it's a hypocrisy it's just like nobody can condemn the former guy uh for making a racist comment about his former secretary yeah. of transportation uh, uh, they yeah. just can't do it why can't you say no race you know that that's not right <laughs> i do like watching them squirm though i oh, think yeah. that um rick scott was on uh state of the union and they asked him directly what he thought of this latest thing that Trump put up on Truth Social about Elaine Chao and Mitch McConnell and how Trump talks about himself in the third person a lot. Yeah, I think he's kind of un- unbalanced, but um, <laughs> but he da- he couldn't. It was like watching someone dance on Crisco. Right. Like someone took a concrete floor, really highly polished, they put Crisco all over, it, and you're slipping and sliding. You're trying to stand up, but he's like, "Well, I can't speak to how other people speak." <laughs> I mean, this this is how low we've gotten. Right. But, you know, uh, da, 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 and it just dance. But Kamala and- Harris shouldn't have said, and Joe Biden shouldn't have done. Really? But what, what about your guy? What did, do you think that was okay, that he made racist comments about his former Secretary of Transportation? Well, you know, I didn't hear it, or I didn't see it. Or, I know. And, and all of us dance, know man. this. Parents with kids, all of us, we, we know. We all know. I, I hope we know. Let's put it that way, right? We all know, and we all can't believe it, but, you know, these people get elected. <laughs> yeah, true. So we have uh, three stories today. That's how our, our TFG button uh, unbutton works. The first one I had seen on CNN, it's a business story. And um, as I read into it, I just kind of scratched my head a little bit, and I'll see what you think. The headline is, the purple M&M is here, but not the way you might think. So earlier this year, they said that uh, Mars had shocked the internet when it unveiled <laughs> Uh, some of its new characters, and gone were the green iconic go-go boots. For the green, green was like supposed to be, yeah, right. Right. Replaced by sneakers. And then in a bigger change, they've added a new character, and uh, so it says meet purple. 
She's peanut, she sings, and she doesn't wear high heels. She sports lace-up boots. And uh, the purple peanut M&M is the first new character in 10 years, according to the brand. It said uh, uh, Jane Wang, who, or Wang, who works for, uh, as the global VP at uh, M&M, uh, says, Purple has been in the works for a very long time. This was about ensuring that the entire crew, the entire cast of Spokes Candies were reflecting the world that we're living in. And so it goes on and on explaining how this purple came about. And they had done a contest. And there was blue, I guess, in the 90s that came out as a limited time. But my takeaway in this whole thing was, are people really that invested in these M&M <laughs> characters? Okay, so halfway down the article, I just stopped reading for a second. And I thought, I don't remember bumping into anybody, friend, uh, acquaintance, m- random person on the street who had an opinion about the color of M&Ms. Or did they care? Right. Like, or they so, wore go-go boots, or yeah. they had lace-up shoes, or they had sneakers on. I, I didn't know that they were, there was this much of a cult following these, these or that there was these characters. Did you? I no. paid no attention to them. Apparently, there was a big, um, a big thing, pushback about the green M&M. She, she used to have these like uh, go-go boots or high-heel right. things. And uh, an opinion piece in the Washington Post, I mean, here, here we go. The Post declared, the M&M's changes aren't progressive. Green, Give Green her boots back. And then in a provocatively headlined article, Rolling Stone described the change as nothing more than tectonic. Thousands have signed a petition to keep the green M&M sexy. <laughs> so I, if you have, and, and here's, I'll just say it this way. If you have time to to actively be pushing for the green M&M to get her go-go boots back and to be worried about the color purple M&M. <laughs> or another example, Lola Bunny from the movie Space Jam, you know, they wanted her to get her little look back or something. Then I'm not sure what you're doing, but maybe we want to be on that train too so we could sit around and figure out these little cultural mini bombs, right? Well, and if I was working at M&M Mars, I'd want to have a discussion with Jane the global vice president of M&M's, who's concerned about <laughs> <laughs> the green go-go boots, the, the white go-go boots, and, and these characters. And I just shook my head and thought, man, there, there's, I, I can't imagine having, let's call everybody into the boardroom. We've got a big, we've had a tight, the outrage over the change of these spokes, spokes uh, M&M's. We, we, need to, we need to discuss their dresses and their, and their boots and their shoes. Yeah. I thought there's just a lot of money paid to uh, worry about uh, some M&M colors, didn't you think? Chocolate with a hard candy coating that's dyed a color. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You grab a handful, throw it in your mouth, they don't taste any different. No, and I don't think about the personalities, the individual colors that some company gave them as a marketing mm-hmm. ploy. <laughs> yeah. so, just, anyway, you know, we were the... kids, they were just colorful candy, right? So you can buy them online. Uh, don't look for mass production of the purple, but if you look for them, it's probably best to go online and figure out where they're going to be. No, she's a peanut too, by the way. Yeah, where you can buy them online. Yeah, she's a peanut one. The the second story, we've had this uh, person on our show a couple of times, Isle Feldman, who is the founder of Boy Butter, which is a lubricant uh, marketed to men and particularly uh, gay men. And the headline is NFL film, uh, NFL fans got treated to a Boy Butter ad for lube on Thursday night football. So this was on uh, ESPN and when on some of the cable sports networks. Um, Ayel Feldman, who said he used to um, direct his advertising or his buys toward things like Bravo or Logo, 
he was on RuPaul's Drag Race or some of the Housewives franchises, but decided to do something with Thursday Night Football, which I thought was a smart idea. You and I certainly would have recommended that. And uh, launched his first commercial and uh, was happy to find that um, I suppose it was well received. He said he only had one one complaint, one complaint. But uh, I've not seen the ad myself, but he describes it as being kind of one of these sexy black and white fashion ad campaigns like you might have seen in the 90s. Probably like an Abercrombie Fitch run around the beach, right? Well, it, it it's reminiscent of like a Dior or like, like a, a cologne ad almost. You know how they have. It's black and white, and there's and it right. it has a feel of an interstitial almost, you know, like I love this, I love that, and I love him, and and I watched the ad, and it's 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 well made, um, and and it they they move in for a kiss with each other, and just as they're about to to lock lips, it switches to a picture of the boy butter, um, in, in it's one of its containers on like a, a ocean rock or something, right? It should be noted that um, this was a spot that he played on an NFL network replay. So interestingly, I guess you can buy commercial time in all sorts of ways, but one of them could be the replay of the game. So if you didn't see the game live, but you want to see the game as if you're watching it, you could watch right. the replay. And that's where he bought that. Um, and, I, and there are ways of doing that with spot buying and all that stuff, which I think is smart um, for a, a company at his scale. Um, but I thought to myself as well, you know, I wonder how many people, well, the kiss would have given it away, but before that, you might not have known what you were watching. <laughs> right. Even if you paid attention, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks with football, just, you know, based upon the way I watch it, commercials come on, unless it's the Super Bowl and you're, you're watching for the commercials, you, you run and do your little quick errands or check your phone or do whatever. You might not pay attention to the ads. I was wondering how much he spent. That I would like to know. I would also like to know if he can even wrap his head around a return on the investment, which you and I, I don't want to say it that way because you and I know that one ad is not going to get you uh, a data that can let you know that you've, you've broken into something or you've, you've got, you've acquired a new consumer. Um, but he, I, I always doing something that you and I have talked about a, a great deal with some of our clients, which is if you don't run, if you create creative for the LGBTQ consumer, in this case, it was for um, gay men, and you run it in exclusively LGBTQ channels, you're going to get a certain consumer's eyeballs. And, but in focus groups that you and I used to conduct many, many years ago when we were working on the Subaru campaign, we heard over and over and over individuals say, if I saw this on, you know, friends, like let's, let's like network television. Or in Time Magazine. In Time Magazine. If it was a print ad, if it was in Time or Newsweek or something like that, everybody saw it would make a huge impact. So running it out, even if it's it's a network replay of an NFL game, it is, in my opinion, out of the silo. And I think it's notable that he's doing it because this is exactly what a lot of people have asked for. And it's a tasteful ad. Nothing, Nothing horrible going on. Yeah. And he said credit ESPN and other cable networks for showing the ad. Uh, he said five years ago, Comcast had banned one of their ads from uh, airing in Chicago. Uh, yeah, that's so, right. So, yeah. So it, it, I'm I'm going to try to dig up and see if I can find it on. It's probably on YouTube and uh, see what it looked like. But I thought, um, you know, it was one of these things where it happened. And because uh, until we find out some of the, the right wing crazies may get a hold of this and then, you know, do the boycott of ESPN or whatever. But. It's one of these things where it just happened and there was no huge fanfare as it happened and probably will just 
go along, which is yes. how you want these things to be, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So so good for IL and uh, Boy Butter. And Boy Butter. Our uh, last article, John found this one, um, life-size poop sculpture, <laughs> poop sculpture of Ron Johnson is touring around Milwaukee. So Senator Ron Johnson is a Republican from Wisconsin. He's running for, uh, for re-election uh, as set for senator. Um, apparently, he had thought climate change was bullshit, is what he's, uh, he's been, been noted to say. So somebody had put together what they're calling a statue. <laughs> which is an which is essentially a, a, a six foot tall, eighty pound manure statue of Johnson that they bring bring around and talk about how his uh, misinformation about climate change um, needs to be brought to the forefront as he's trying to uh, to win uh, office again. I thought this was uh, <laughs> this is one of those things you just laugh. People, it was like the Trump balloon, right? I, yes. They should still be having that at every rally. They should put the Trump balloon out somewhere, but. I laughed at uh, at this uh, this caca. caca Where did you, yeah. you find this article? Huffington Post. Oh, okay. um, and it crossed my crossed my radar when we were up at Cape Cod last week, and I just couldn't stop laughing because the statue it it doesn't you know you'd ha- it's a stretch to say it looks like Ron Johnson. It's it's a guy in a suit with a red tie, but it is made of manure, and it's done by a manure artist. I didn't know there's such things existed. So, so we're learning so much more than we needed to, right? And it's holding a sign that says, I don't know about you guys, but I think climate change is bullshit. Senator Ron Johnson, 6-5-2021. And, and it moves around. And so the, the, I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder if this thing, like if it sits in the sun, does it start to stink or did they treat it somehow? I mean, like... <laughs> And you'd have to let people know that it's basically made of manure, right? It's, it's, it's made <laughs> well, it's of bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was one of those funny little gimmicks that the, the these folks are using. And I think it does get the attention. It does get a press right up, right? And then the, 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 the counterpoint to the statue holding that little sign, this is, I don't know about you guys, uh, but I think climate change is bullshit. The counterpoint is when the in, when they're speaking in front of the statue, there's a big sign that says "denying climate change is BS." <laughs> so it all ties in, right? He's unfortunately Man, uh, Mandela Barnes is running against him as a Democrat for senator and was doing quite well, but he's also in some trouble too. I don't know if you saw that on some of the uh, the weekend shows. Apparently, he's blaming uh, climate change and gun violence on capitalism uh, in the U.S., which is. The Republicans have lobbed onto that, saying that that's a, a socialist, <laughs> right? So it's it's turned into you know so that race, which looked like a shoe in for the Democrats to pick up a seat, is now tightened up quite a bit more so than everyone's comfortable with. But um, you know, I it, this this when I talk to uh, folks over the weekend and, and women in particular, um, I don't know. It's, I think that's going to be I, I'm, I'm the midterms are up in the air for me because if if. Any of you have spoken to, like the women I've spoken to, they made up their minds how they were voting probably about the time the Dobbs decision came down from the Supreme Court in the summer, right. right? And they haven't changed their mind and they don't talk about it. So I'm wondering how the polls pick up on this because the, the people we saw over the weekend were like, oh, we made up our minds a long time ago and we don't pay any attention to what's going on because I know exactly how I'm voting in November. Yeah, and that's what you hope. That's what happened in Kansas, right? It was, it's, it was a slap to everybody's face when Kansas... Very, very red Kansas uh, pushback against uh, the abortion decision and uh, was a surprise. Everyone, we hope that's what happens across the country, right? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. 
So, hey, many of you know that, uh, as we mentioned earlier, that Critics' Choice uh, video has been with us since we started. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And you can get there by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics' Choice video logo, start shopping away. They have everything from movies to TV to music to books and toys and gifts and all kinds of great, uh, great stuff to browse through and get lost in, of course. And uh, Mr. Nash always, always recommends getting a catalog. But, uh, and actually right on there, John, it says, click here to request a free monthly catalog. So yep. you, can, you can, can do that. One of our listeners contacted us about that. It was confused with Deep Discount. And he said Deep Discount doesn't have a catalog, but Critics' Choice does. Does yeah, Critics' Choice does. So. Now I um I found something right off the bat that I think you'll remember uh, vaguely remember, and I, I this would be worth getting because it's the best of the Flip Wilson show. Oh yes, do you remember Flip Wilson? Yeah. We were allowed to like because I was probably uh, I want to say that he was on TV around seventy four, yeah, yeah. seventy one to seventy four. So I'm, I was like eight, nine, ten, whatever that range was. And I remember seeing clips. I remember certainly it's one of his. So he had a bunch of characters that he did. He did Reverend Leroy. He did Herbie, the ice cream man, sassy Geraldine Jones with a trademark phrase. The devil made me do it. Um, and then he had all these guests. He had Muhammad Ali, Louis Armstrong, James Brown, Johnny Cash, Ray Charles, Tim Conway, Sammy Davis Jr., Aretha Franklin, Richard Pryor like all on this variety show that he did. And um, so Flip Wilson is one of those comedians I think would be a lot of fun to see again and to watch those sketches. It's kind of like in that vein of the Carol Burnett and all that stuff. Um, And that they have an 11 disc set that just went on uh, sale today on the 4th. And it's uh, about 112.49 for 11 discs. I don't even know how many hours that is, but if you want to go down the Flip Wilson rabbit hole, may I recommend visiting Critics' Choice Video, <laughs> America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, and checking out his new collection. We want to thank them and thank you for being with us this week. Uh, it's important that you guys um, like, subscribe, and rate us. We appreciate that. And everybody, thank you for playing the Criterion Month game. Uh, we'll be bringing Pick That Flick it back again at of course, maybe next year for Criterion, maybe sooner, because a lot of people really like the games, and you and I have to figure out how to asynchronously play them, because we used to only do that on the live radio show. So everybody, have a great week, um, and stay safe, and we'll see you next week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.